Uh, hey, Laura, how are you doing today? Good, how are you, Kelsey? <laughs> Great, thanks. Um, how was your workout? It was good. Yeah, lots of fun. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, too. it was all the strengths. Right. Stuff that we both kind of like, so yeah. it was pretty good. Um, when you do workouts, do you find that you're really sore afterwards? Um, sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. I would say sometimes. Not all the time, but yes, definitely sometimes. Um, what do you do on days that you're really sore? Um, I have a, like, muscle rub. Yeah. that my mom gave me for Christmas. Shout out, Mom. It's actually really great. It has, like, mint and all sorts of stuff in it. So at night, I put that on, um, on any sore muscles, and I really enjoy that. And then drink lots of water. I'm really bad at stretching, but if I feel pain, I will stretch that area a little bit. Sometimes roll it. I have stuff at home that I can roll with, like little wheelie sticks. That stuff is really bad, but that's pretty much the extent of it. Wow. Okay. I mean, so, there's other things we'll talk about. Like, of course, I sleep and I. Yeah, for sure. We have a hot tub that we can now go into again. Yeah, and, cool. So that helps too. But so we're gonna talk about recovery, guys. Hi, Krista. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a good lead-in. Um, what what we personally do, we're gonna talk about a little tiny bit mm-hmm. and things that you can you can add in. So the most important keys to good recovery, I'm just gonna talk about a couple of yeah. them. Um, sleep, and I'm gonna put them in order. Um, hydration food, and and then mobility. And I say it in these ways because if we are lacking in sleep, we're going to notice signs of sleep deprivation within like 17, 18 hours. So we're talking about things like getting a little bit moody, getting anxious, feeling nauseous, um, different kinds of distraction, not being able to think as clearly. That happens like right away. That happens every single day. If you get overtired, your body starts to have an adverse reaction. Um, how long can a human live without water? You can cheat and look at the sheet if you want to go off the top of your head. <laughs> three to four days. Three to four days. Think, without, yeah, I knew that. Right? Like three to four days without water. So that's why water is the, the second most important is, is how much we're hydrating ourselves because our body obviously needs that a whole lot. Uh, what about these people that do these fasts and... and right the body it's crazy can last three to four weeks without food three to four weeks three to four weeks without food three to four days without water but three to four weeks without food right so water is obviously more important if you don't ever stretch you're not gonna die you know what (laughs) i mean so we're gonna talk about different ways to mobilize and stretch and things like that that will help recovery but primarily we want to sleep you know eight seven eight hours a night we want to hydrate, we want to drink three, four liters of water a day, and we want to eat three to five meals a day, depending on how, uh, how frequently you've got time to eat and what your, your cycles are for that. Okay. And then if we have our sleep on point, our hydration on point, and our food on point, we can focus on the mobility aspect of things. But I would highly recommend really hammering out the sleep, hydration, and food. That will be your key points to recovery. Mm-hmm. That sort of makes sense. Yeah. Cool. That's great. Are you getting enough sleep these days? Heck no. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a tough one for everybody. That's a really tough one for everybody. However, we've cut down, uh, my wife and I, we've cut down the amount of time we spend getting ready to go to bed. Like mm-hmm. that useless Netflix times. Like watching Netflix doesn't help you with recovery. No, it doesn't. So getting into bed a little bit earlier, and it does take a lot of work. Um, it's really good to kind of go back and check out our Habits podcast for that too. Yeah. We'll get into a, a deeper into sleep 
Does water count if pre-workout is in it? Asking for a friend. 100% crystal water counts if there's pre-workout in it. Um, so now that we've got the basics yeah. covered, get yourself to sleep, drink lots of water, eat good food. Uh, what else do you want to cover today? Um, yeah, so mobilizing. So you said I won't die, but it is important. Super. Um, how often should we be mobilizing? All the time. That's like kind of a cheap answer. Uh, we want to mobilize before every workout to make sure that we're, we've got the good range of motion and our muscles are, are stretched out and ready for the workout that we're going to do. But for daily recovery, we want to think once per day focused. If we can get 10 to 15 minutes ahead of the game, um, more is better. You almost can't stretch or roll too much there's just not enough time in the day mm-hmm. um i like to think about it like this and i think i've used this analogy before if i have a water bottle and every time i work out i tighten it and every time i stretch i loosen it we want to be as tight as we are loose so we want to work the muscles an equal amount to stretching the muscles but that seems almost impossible so i like to add 15 minutes for every hour of strenuous activity um, that doesn't always happen so i like the continuous movement like every time I get up to go to the bathroom while I'm watching Netflix I'm gonna do a forward fold and stretch out my hamstrings something like that it doesn't always need to be a set 15 minutes if you can get five minutes of shoulder stretching in that's way better than nothing yeah right um what are little ways that you sort of like stretch throughout the day my well obviously what's great about hybrid as you guys know is that we do stretch before every single class um and it's led by the instructor so I luckily, depending on how many classes I coach in a day, get a little bit of stretching in with everybody during our classes, whether I take it or coach it. Um, my gymnastics coach, she used to always say when you're brushing your teeth, that's a great time to just throw your leg up on the, the counter. Do you still do that? Stretch your hamstring? No, but I, I really should do that. I don't, um, I don't know if I can get my foot on the, on the bathroom <laughs> maybe counter. Maybe the toilet would be a good being start. Honest. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and then um, that's... That's honestly it, which is really bad. I know I should stretch more, but my issue is I get incredibly... I'm not very patient, right. and I don't like to... It's hard for me to, I guess, relax, I guess. I right. just get, like, fidgety. Yeah. So I need to find a way to mobilize well, either learning how to relax. I used to go to a yoga class. I find yoga classes really help. I should really go back to that because it's, like, a designated time, hour. right? Um, and I really noticed an improvement in my mobility. You used to do the Zoom mobility on Sundays as well. I used to. And then now we, you know, we're allowed to socialize we're a little bit less, again. We've right? got stuff going on. But. I like little add-ins. So one of the places where a lot of people will get really sore is through their traps and neck and things like that. We tend to carry a lot of stress up there. Um, I get fidgety as well, but I like to place my hand underneath my buttocks, right? So I sit mm-hmm. on my hand and then I'll lean my head away from that side. So you get a good stretch. So if you put your right hand underneath your butt cheek and you sit on it and then you bring your left ear to your left shoulder, you can do an easy stretch while you're watching TV and things like that. I like you cook. I cook, mm-hmm. um, place your foot on your cupboard and stretch your calves as you're kind of chopping your vegetables and things like that. Yeah. So that's a really good one. If Even you can... in the car, like, I'm a big, like, arm behind the, the seat. It's hard because you can only do one arm. But yeah. But you can hard. actually get your hand on that other window. It's awkward <laughs> yeah, you uh, when you're short, right? Yeah. Um, All right. So, um, so we're talking about mobilizing. So foam rolling and stretching. If I'm about to sit down and do some mobilization, does it matter if I do foam rolling first or stretching first? So that's a great question. I'm going to talk pre-workout and then I'll talk post-workout. Um, okay. 
pre-workout, ideally, if you have time to do both, you're going to foam roll first. Mm -hmm. So what foam rolling does is just breaks up a little bit of uh, bunged up muscle tissue that gets tightened and squeezed, and it's like an elastic band. If you take an elastic band and you tie a knot in it, that is your muscle. When you stretch, you want to stretch that elastic band. But if there's a knot in it, it just gets tighter and tighter, and you can't stretch the elastic to its full potential. If you foam roll first over those tight muscles, then that knot will release, and when you stretch, you'll be able to get a fuller and deeper stretch in your muscles. So pre-workout, if you have time to do both, foam roll first. Um, Post-workout, if it's... Um, Post-workout, if it's for recovery, if you're going to do one or the other, doesn't really have a huge effect, but foam rolling would come first. If you only have time for one or the other, do the one that you're actually going to enjoy more. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you hate foam rolling, so you avoid it, just stretch. Yeah. If you stretch something and you find that it's really, really tight, you can then go to foam rolling and back to stretching. So they can be interchangeable. But pre-workout, I would uh, foam roll beforehand and then stretch. Do you have to, this is not in here, do yeah. you have to be warm before you foam roll and stretch? No. no. You can you stretch cold. You can totally yeah. stretch cold. You just want to be cognizant that you are stretching cold and your mobility and range of motion might not be as good as it is when you are warm i know when i come in in the morning and i stretch with the 6 a.m class mm -hmm. i can just barely touch my toes when i stretch with the 7 p.m class and i've been warm all day and i've just finished a workout i can get my hands beyond my feet and and stretch much further mm -hmm. a good question that's a great question um, so we got a question about supplements, creams, and daily routines mm -hmm. that are best or better for recovery. So let's go back to the muscle rub that your mother got you. What kind of a, a cream is that? Do you know? Um, it's actually handmade from a company from my hometown. Um, it's like... Perry Sound, Ontario. Perry Sound, Ontario. Yeah. C-C-C something? Yes. S-I-S-I. Um, I should have really taken a look at it, but like the base is beeswax and coconut oil, but it has like men menthol, that's mint, yeah, menthol, yeah. it has lavender, um, cool. things like that. So it starts out like nothing and then it gets cold, cold, cold. Um, and I just put it on when I go to bed and it, I find it does actually help that paired with a good night's sleep. Yeah. Um, really helps. That's really the only like creams that I have for recovery. Yeah. I am iffy about some of the creams there's the hot cold a535 kind of deal i personally don't enjoy them i don't like the smell i don't like when it gets cold i don't like that when i breathe on it it gets chillier and they smell kind of funky sometimes what creams i have found are super beneficial um, as a replacement to your a535 kind of hot cold ones mm -hmm. um is trauma care i like trauma care because it comes in a gel and in a cream uh, so depending on what your preference is, the gel absorbs really well and then dries quickly and the cream is obviously a cream. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have a smell. It doesn't get hot or cold, but I notice a difference. Um, and that was recommended by my chiropractor. As well, there's a magnesium muscle cream that I find is really, really That'd great as well for uh, muscle recovery. The question about what daily routines and creams are the best the ones you're going to do and the ones you're going to use. Mm -hmm. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later. So there isn't a best, better routine unless you can actually keep it. So it might be a great idea that, oh, the best would be to go to sleep at 7 p.m. and wake up at 7 a.m. and get 12 hours of sleep every single night. That sounds 
pretty good. It'd be great. But if you can't actually do it, then there's no, really no point in, in chatting about it. So the routine that you can consistently do, whether it be stretching for five minutes, rolling for five minutes, putting a muscle cream on before bed every night, something that you can consistently do and track whether you're feeling those results. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not having an effect, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. that's a good one. John's asking about scraping. We're going to get to that, John. Mm-hmm. Solid question. We're going to touch on that a little bit later in the questions. I love it. That's a good um, one. So you see a lot of the CrossFit Games athletes now, um, and you see at the Canvas Games, they have the ice baths. So... Ice baths at competition, mainly, mainly to lower your body temperature. We get really, really hot. Usually it's outside in the sun. They're jumping in a little tiny bit for recovery, but a lot for a cool down effect. We'll go into the basics and hit a podcast a little bit uh, down the road with some more in-depth thoughts on ice baths and and some other um, in-depth recovery stuff, right? We're doing 101 a a brief once over here. Ice baths reduce inflammation and improve recovery by changing the way your blood and other fluids flow through your body. So you get in cold water and you tighten up and everything becomes restricted. And then when you get out of uh, the cold water, they dilate, they open back up and it flushes out waste product, metabolic uh, fluids and stuff like that and improves your recovery. So it restricts the blood flow and then it increases the blood flow um, pretty quickly. Some people love them. I've used them before. It's really interesting in your own house, you know. I, I socks on to cover my toes, uh, yeah. you know, cover important parts to keep them just a little bit warmer. And it's you get in and it's quite cold. The colder, the better. Um, so you can't just like like cold showers. I sometimes sometimes do those. Um, like real quick. Yeah, real um, quick cold shower. Like just crank it to the cold. Crank it to the cold and jump out. That's really, really great to uh, do the same thing, but to a lesser degree, yeah. right? Vasoconstriction, and then you get out and it increases the blood flow. Um, and there's been really, really great uh, studies done on the benefits of that cold shower at the end. Um, awesome ways to recover, again, if you're going to do it. Um, yeah. But that's the basics of it. They do work and they do definitely help, but it's not something um, that I would recommend every single day. Yeah. Um, usually during the open, if it's a really stressful and strenuous workout that I know I'm going to do again, and it's typically lower body because it's really hard in your home bathtub to get your upper body in there. Um, but I personally enjoy them, uh, and that's the basics of it. Okay. It makes um, you really cold and that makes you really warm. Right. Contrast with that, hot tubs. So. Or baths. Or baths or hot baths, right? So your body gets really, really stiff when you jump in hot water. It gets supple and soft and rejuvenated. It's like getting warm from a warm-up. You can stretch just a little tiny bit more. It increases blood flow, uh, stimulates healing, relaxes your muscles and things like that. A couple of important things to note, you'll sweat when you're in the hot tub. So you need to make sure that you remain hydrated if you're going to add a lot of heat therapy into your recovery sequences. Um, And the other thing is people like to stretch in the hot tub and because you become a bit more relaxed, you can actually hyperextend some of the muscles there. So we need to be a little bit careful if you're like, wow, I can never touch my toes. And now that I'm in this super hot water, I can get my head down to my kneecaps. Uh, you might want a second to uh, guess that before you jump yeah. into super stretching. Um, Good point. Yeah, I used to take a hot bath daily. 
uh, and I've recently moved uh, into an RV and I don't have a tub. Having taken a hot bath daily versus moving into a less stressful living situation, I don't notice a recovery difference at all. That I thought was really interesting. Mm. So um, I really feel that the lower stress in my life has had a more positive impact on my recovery than having a hot bath every single day. Yeah. Epsom salts, bubbles, tea, the whole nine yards, relaxing music. I did the whole deal almost every single day. And now that I've moved into a more positive living space, yeah. I feel great. Yeah, I think um, that's a really underrated thing. Like stress, I think, has an effect on a lot more things than we think we than we think. Yeah, then we give it credit for, right? Yeah, totally. I totally agree. It's like sleep and stress are way more impactful than than we think. Yeah. Um, so there's a question about if, if someone is really sore and they feel like they can't walk well um, or squatting hurts their muscles, um, should they even work out or should they skip it? So should you train when you're sore? Yeah, I could have said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's okay. That was We tried to use the wording of the question. Um yeah, you should absolutely train when you're sore. That is different than training when you're injured. Yes. So that's really clear. I want to make that point really, really clear. Yeah. There's training when your muscles are sore, and then there's training when you're injured. Yeah. And then we have to go, am I a professional athlete, and it's my job to train, therefore training when I'm injured is the only option I have? Or I'm a regular human being who wants to be really, really fit and I want to have both my knees and shoulders for the longevity of my life. Then it's a different thing. But when you're sore, we want to think motion is lotion. Have you ever been really, really sore after one of our workouts and getting on and off the toilet is tough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You wake up in the morning and you're like, who lowered yeah. this thing? And, <laughs> yeah. and you get up and it's you're feeling pretty janky. Yeah. But then later on in the day after walking, moving, maybe jogging a little tiny bit, rowing, you start to feel better. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So we get bogged down with muscle tightness. And the more we move, the more we increase the blood flow in that particular muscle. With proper programming and proper recovery, you should see a decrease in soreness. So we want to think light movement through the particular range of motion. Mm -hmm. So if squatting hurts, Mm -hmm. squat. Yeah. Right? Under light circumstances, no duress, no intensity. Uh, Get a good stretch. The more movement, the better uh, for those sore muscles is typically what helps. Yeah. And even so, this is not in here either, but... um... People will sometimes say, well, if I'm, if I'm not sore, like, is it a myth? Do you have to be sore for the workout to be Heck effective, no. right? You hear that often, like, oh, like, I wasn't sore, like, did that actually work? It's like, I'm no. actually, yeah. Like, I actually don't get sore, like, a whole lot. It takes, like, a, I don't know, a crazy workout for me to actually get really sore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and yeah, let's go into that just a little tiny bit. I very rarely get super sore, like can't walk, can't sit down sore. Um, Hannah recently did some programming for the gym, and we did a ton of lunges, a high volume of lunges. I was sore after that, Hannah. (laughs) I was sore after that as well. So when we think about really, really good programming, and people are like, oh, look at this amazing workout online. I'm just going to destroy it. And it's got 300 lunges and uh, 75 jump squats and and that sort of thing, that over a long period of time 
is a lot of volume and that will create soreness. So sometimes when you get in and you're like, oh, well, that workout didn't seem that tough. I'm not even sore. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be sore all the time to be seeing workout gains. I thought, by the way, Hannah, I really, really thought that was a great (laughs) workout. It was tons of fun, but there's a reason we don't do 300 lunges on a weekly basis. and it's great to have an input on that and really see what's happening uh, to our bodies when we train a certain volume, right? Mm-hmm. Lena's kind of laughing because her legs were sore too because <laughs> we were lunging side by each trying to outdo each other. It was awesome. Um, um, let's talk about recovery time and rest days. Yeah. Um, how many days a week do you work out? Um, Typically. I would say probably five five to six definitely five sometimes six six. cool um recovery time between workouts and this was a great question from hannah Uh, and what about doing two workouts in a day um crossfit.com they go on a three to one schedule so Mm -hmm. workout three days in a row rest for one day workout three days in a row rest for one day if you've been with hybrid for a while you'll know that we work out monday tuesday wednesday Thursday, we have an active recovery or a cardio type day. Uh, We work out Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday's a rest day. We've adjusted that a little tiny bit so that now we've got Monday and Tuesday are harder workout days. Wednesday is our active recovery. And then we work out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we leave Sunday to our own devices, whether it be an active recovery or a full recovery day. We find that that works really, really well for the general public. If maybe you're a little bit older, like myself, um, doing three days in a row might be outside of your realm of possibility. So in the world of masters, uh, some people do one day on, one day off. Some people will go two on, one off and work from there. Um, I've even seen a workout Monday, Tuesday, rest Wednesday, workout Thursday, Friday, and rest the whole weekend. The key is, listen to your body. If you're always sore, you're probably doing too much. Mm -hmm. If you're not making progress, you're probably doing too much. Are you always excited to work out? Like, for the most time. Yeah, Yeah, always. For the most, yeah. Yeah, unless you see, like, a workout that you're like, ew, I don't want to do that. But for the most part. Yeah, and, like, motivating myself at home lately, like, it's a different environment. But if the... If I walk into this gym, I'm motivated right away. Yeah. Yeah. So if you find that you're not excited to work Mm -hmm. out, you might be overtraining. Um, When it comes to doing two workouts a day, I like to think about this from a competitive standpoint. They usually give you an hour and a half to three hours in between events. So if that's what fits in your day, you want to make sure that you're eating and you're hydrating, right? So if you fuel your body and you hydrate your body... You can work out whenever it fits for you. So maybe it's a three-hour window and that's all you have. Or you do an a.m. and p.m. session. Um, So that would be like before work and then after work you crush some cardio, whatever it happens to be. So as long as you're eating enough throughout the day and hydrating enough throughout the day, really doing two workouts strictly depends on your schedule and how you feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you ever do two workouts in a day? Um, like completely separate times. Yeah, completely separate no, times. Rarely, rarely, ever. Right. Yeah. Um, but you've done a couple because we used to do the Thursday cardios together. And then oh Thursday yeah, night. I used to. Yeah. So yeah. how did those feel? What did you do after the Thursday Thursday cardios? Um, it was a lot of eating, and I had a nap, and then yeah, I would have my evening workouts. I felt awesome though. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. So that's but the it key. Was, it was that 
the key was the in-between. In the in-between, exactly. Eating enough. Eating enough and sleeping. So if you hit those two things in between your workouts, mm-hmm. um, you'll be ready to hit another workout in the same day and, and feel pretty great. And so I've, like, completely forgotten my old life. <laughs> I'm like, what <laughs> was pre- my schedule? Pre-pandemic life, <laughs> I don't right? Know. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about active rest days. For sure. So what do you consider an active rest day? So I like to define an active rest day is a, a day where you do lighter work, uh, sometimes at a lower intensity, typically cardio-based, excuse me, with minimal joint loading uh, and a little bit less training volume. Mm-hmm. So an active recovery day is like some echo bike, some light rowing, maybe some running, nothing hugely intense uh, when it comes to training, yeah. bike rides, hiking, yeah. no heavy barbell, no huge pressing or, or deadlifting, things like that. We want to make sure that our body is moving and we're sweating, but we're not overloading the joints every single day over mm-hmm. and over and over. And that's, I find, really great for recovery. Yeah. And should there be a day where you take completely everything off, like you just sloth on the couch? Yeah, so I... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I like that you had it added that in. Um, you should do both, but it shouldn't be an actual day of slothing on the couch. <laughs> so I'll touch on that. Yeah. So do both. Take an active uh, rest day or an active recovery day, and you can take an actual full day off. Totally appropriate. When you're taking a full day off, it does mean still moving. Yeah, I think so. It's not just for your he- like mental yeah. health, and you'll sleep better that night. Like I find if I don't, if I sloth all day, oh, terrible sleep. And we find like. Like we said earlier, motion is lotion. So yeah, the more we move, the better we feel. If we're just laying on the couch all day, we, we tend to get really stiff. So we want to think maybe you do a little mobility, some yoga flow, some light walking. Um, nothing more intense than a walk if you're taking a full day off. And I mean a casual, leisurely walk, not a, oh, I'm going to go hike Golden Ears. It's let's go for a walk uh, around uh, Campbell Valley, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a question about not feeling hungry after working Oh, no, out. we missed one. Oh, we missed one. Yeah, I'm, and it's specifically because it's Krista. Krista asked, what are what do my particular rest yes. days look like? Um, pre-pandemic, Sundays would be my rest day, and I would do a longer, uh, lower-intensity cardio, like 30 to 45 minutes sweating, watching Glee, you know, like two minutes on the echo bike, two minutes on the ski, two minutes on the rower and rotate through that. Um, for a while and some light stretching. Now with the pandemic, I do one hour directed stretching with the Zoom stretch class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go for a longer walk and that's about it. I don't know which feels better, to be honest. Some days I really feel that not doing the longer cardio has been beneficial. Some days I really, really miss it. So I think now that we're we're open and uh, some open gym on Sundays is going to start to be an option, I get to get that cardio in. I always feel better when I actually sweat a lot. Um, and I find that, that that rest day on Sunday is super beneficial. And then, of course, on Wednesdays uh, for hybrids cardio day, I do minimize my joint loading there. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like making sure I get outside at least. Exactly. Especially now the nicer weather's coming, you gotta take advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so now we'll talk. Yeah, about now we'll talk. It. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to. No, that. I didn't glaze it over. Um, how, yeah, so someone doesn't feel hungry after working out. That's not me, but you said that's you? Yeah. You, you, you feel like hungry right away after your workout? Um, I could eat. 
you can eat. I feel like queasy most times. Some it depends I on used what to it feel is, that way, right? Like sometimes I could eat a full steak dinner. I'd be like, yes, let's have a snack. Um, I like that I consider a steak dinner a snack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ooh, okay, Kelsey Jack, here we go. Um, I sometimes I don't feel hungry after I work out, and sometimes I do. I think it really depends on what I've done and the intensity of the finish. Like we finished with some echo bike uh, at a pretty high intensity and that doesn't make me feel good. Uh, so I'm starting to get hungry now and it's been about 45 minutes. Uh, so it's not immediate. Mm-hmm. Um, hunger, the, the hormone that produces it is ghrelin and it can be suppressed immediately after your workout and not strike until a while after. It's totally person dependent. Uh, exercise burns calories, calories uh, and your muscles, they start to use your glycogen stores and that makes you hungry. And everybody's just a little bit different. So if you're not hungry after a workout, it's not a huge deal. Um, what do you know generally, and have you heard the term, the anabolic window? Yeah. Right. So before everybody's like, oh, anabolic window, you've got to get your protein in within 35 seconds of finishing your workout. Yeah. Or you'll lose all your muscle. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, they said that maybe that's not the case. And maybe they jumped the gun on that. Uh, eat when you're ready. Yeah. Eat when you feel like your body is going to hold it down and you're not going to feel queasy. Mm-hmm. Um, get a high-quality protein powder such as Magnum. It's delicious. Yes. Um, hit up some real food with a good mix of protein, carbs, and fats to refuel. Um, and if you're not hungry, doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. just means that your body doesn't want food right now and it will get there. Yeah. Um, that's that's my general advice in, in that case. Mm-hmm. Um... This is a deep question. Yeah, we kind of talked about this a little bit. We'll go into it further. So how do you know when you're doing too much versus just the usual life exercising exhaustion? Um, Have you ever felt this way? Like maybe you're doing too much? Um, yeah, I have. Tell me about it. Um. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, I think I have before. It's just like, yeah, you just feel really run down, pretty tired, Maybe, like, excessively sore all the time. Um, Maybe a little bit grouchy. Yeah. You maybe feel like your performance is really... I've had... Yeah. Right. Okay. So, I've had weeks... here we go. Here we go. I knew it would. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I've had weeks where, like, everything's... Feels like it's going wrong exercise-wise. And you're like, I know I can perform better than this, but I'm not. And I would call them, like, my off weeks. Right. And where it just felt like every workout was just terrible. Like, I knew I could do better, but I just was like just dragging my butt through the workout what did you do to get over that mostly (laughs) just like patience yeah like just like i knew it was gonna pass um and just yeah trying to sleep more trying to just eat and stretch and recover more um but i would say not a whole lot Cool. Well, I've got a couple of, um, of additional yeah. follow-up questions. Did you notice during those times that anything additional in your personal life was going on outside of training? I wouldn't say so. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. So that's, yeah. that's great. So if you're feeling this decrease in performance, increase of perceived effort during workouts, excessive fatigue, agitation, moodiness, things like that, um, you're not sleeping really well, Chronic or nagging injuries is a tough one. You're just feeling a little like depressed, whatever. Um, You might be overtraining. Mm -hmm. It might just be time to take a little bit of a step back, 
focus on your recovery a little tiny bit more. Yeah. Um, try not to get frustrated. I know it's hard. Try not to get frustrated with the fact that you feel like you're not performing as well. Yeah. Um, and work through that by maybe lowering your intensity on purpose. Exhaustion from life will fluctuate. We all have ups and downs inside and outside the pandemic. Um, but you'll still feel reprieve, right? You'll be like, wow, what a great week. This has been amazing. And then I'll be like, oh, this week's slogging on. And there will be times where you feel different and you're not perpetually exhausted. If it doesn't fluctuate, and if you don't feel like you've got a bit of breathing room in life and training, and you're getting a few of these symptoms that are manifesting in the gym, you might be giving it a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And it's as easy as stepping back a day that you work out, increasing your focus on the top three recovery points that we talked about, increasing your water, increasing your sleep, and improving your nutrition will help. I mean, you might just need to step back from some of the things mm-hmm. that you're doing in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lose your willingness and your excitedness to train, it could be A, overtraining that we just talked about, or maybe a lack of a goal or a direction. And that could be causing the same kind of circuitous, here I'm going into the gym, don't know what I'm doing today, why am I trying so hard, why can't I do this kind of mentality. Um, So you need to look at all aspects. Maybe it's something inside your personal life that isn't quite going right. And then if it does, we realize, oh, it's just, you know, job's really hard and work's really tough right now. And it all feels better when it when it fluctuates and normalizes, but it's a little bit a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think. You, that, have you had days or weeks where you're feeling that way? Um, I have. Yeah, I definitely do. I find that mine is not necessary that necessarily that am I overtraining, but it's the goals and the progress. So I I won't see. Nay, I won't be able to recognize the progress that I've made and I can dig myself into a little bit of a mental hole Mm -hmm. I go, oh, why am I even doing this? I'm not getting any better. Uh, And it's a mindset shift for me. Where was I? Where am I? And where do I want to go? And Mm -hmm. am I somewhere along that route? And sometimes that route will take a detour and that's okay. But we just need to make sure that we get back on it. So I definitely have days where I feel like I'm hitting my head up against a very 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 hard brick wall um mm-hmm. but mindset is definitely key as we go through that yeah that, that sure. was a great question yeah i definitely yeah. i definitely have my struggles that's for sure yeah and i think it's important to like the mention of like for women yeah if your for menstrual sure. cycle is yeah off, if you are experiencing some differences in in your menstrual cycle that's, that's a, a definite time huge to indicator yeah if you have uh extremely low iron that wasn't an issue before if you have or experience rapid weight loss or weight gain uh, that's unexpected that can be a key indicator um, of something that's not quite off people will often call something like overtraining adrenal fatigue it's the new kind of buzzword that and that'll give you all the same symptoms too um so it's really important to pay attention to what's going on, not only in the gym with your training, but in your life in general. Yeah. And it might just be an outside stressor that's causing. And having a good balance. Yeah, because if you have a very, very stressful job and a very, very stressful home life, and then you come here and you're, you know, 
well, exercise is a stress to your body, but it's also a great stress reliever. So you need to be able to find the balance so that exercise is a form of outlet for you and a form of like healing and recovery and release rather than just another stressor on top of your yeah. already stressful life. Yeah, that's such a great point, right? That's yeah. such a great point. I love that. Thanks. Um, that. All right, let's pivot over to like the gadgets. So like my massage guns. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Yeah. yeah. Um, are they worth it? They're, they're kind of pricey. They are kind of price, pricey. So here's the deal, guys. I'm going to be super honest with you. Um, what gadgets are actually useful? The ones that you're going to use. If you're going to spend $2.99 on a lacrosse ball that sits in your gym bag and you don't touch it, you've wasted your money. So what are you doing? If you spend $500 on a massage gun and it sits in your bag, you've wasted your money. Whatever implement or device you purchase, you're investing in only if you use it. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't go and buy a car and let it sit in your driveway. You're going to buy a car and drive it. Yeah. I'm leaning in because I'm going to use a car as a, as a little bit of a, a check-in here later. Um, so let's go into a couple of the gadgets. Lacrosse ball, $2.99. Great tool if you use it. Um, for massage guns... I personally have a Hypervolt. It is the most expensive massage gun that there is, and I like it because it removes all the barriers to use. So you can go and buy a, um, like a percussion drill and buy a separate drill bit and spend like 80 bucks mm -hmm. to get this homemade fabricated thing. I've seen those. But you will net a jigsaw. You're getting a jigsaw and you're taking the blade off of it and you're adding a you custom... Like a tennis ball or something? No, like you can get a tennis ball, yeah. And you can get little custom-made plastic pieces. Oh, okay. But you wouldn't want to be in the same room because it's actually a jigsaw. And you're... <laughs> and it's so loud. And it's got this extension cord because it's a flipping power tool. You're like, yeah, right. but it was only 80 bucks. Okay, you've used it twice and it sits in your bag and you never ever use it. So yeah. what's the point? Um, the Theragun is great but also quite loud. There's a couple of Hypervolt knockoffs. They're loud as well. I enjoy the Hypervolt because it's quiet. It's cordless. cordless. It's got a super long charge. It has one, two, three, three variable settings. Um, it's a great, great, great quality. It's got a couple of different inserts uh, and heads uh, that you can use for massage. And that is pretty simple. It removes all of the reasons why I would not want to use it. Loud, cumbersome, corded, all that stuff. Um, so I personally think Worth the money if you're going to use it. Great investment if you're going to be uh, in the CrossFit realm for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got a friend with one, try it out. I would highly recommend going, am I going to use this? Can I see myself uh, applying it on a daily or semi-daily ba basis? So I love it. Um, the scraper? The scraper. So I also have a scraper. I think it is an amazing tool, again, if you use it. I personally love it for my calves. When I bought mine, I went with the smallest, most affordable version, and I wish I would have gotten the slightly bigger, slightly heavier uh, scraper. It does come with a cream or a lotion that you need to keep purchasing. The great thing is you don't need to purchase it from Sidekick Tool. Like I use 
the sage peppermint oil and the sage nice. pain um, reliever oil. That was actually a gift from Stacy. Thank you, Stacy. I'm still using that. Um, with my sidekick tool, the only downside I found is that I've got short little T-Rex arms, mm -hmm. so there's only certain spots that I can reach. And with the smaller implement, it's not as great for my legs uh, that I want. And you can see Brent Fikowski, Brent Fikowski has the bow, the giant one. And you'll see him on his Instagram just like scraping his lats, looking like a monster. And I'm like, I'm going to get one of those. So I do. And then I've got these little T-Rex arms and I'm trying to scrape my lat and it doesn't really work. So I can scrape my own thighs, but to get anywhere where they're doing it on Instagram in a video, making it look so simple, not really my style. Yeah. Um, and stuff wouldn't Well, she helps out a, a little bit, but it really depends on the, the mood that I'm in and how good dinner was. Um, yeah. So I think a scraper is a really, really good investment. Um, again, if that's something that you want to try out without purchasing it right away, just give me a shout out, let me know, and we can do a little cleansing protocol and, and you can try it out. I personally really think it is easy to use, very beneficial, you can't really screw it up. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't hurt yourself with it because everybody has a certain amount of pain tolerance and you're like, scrape, 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 ow, yeah. and then you stop scraping. Um, I think it's great. You said you have a couple of sticks, right? like a rolly stick? Yeah, I have a couple of variations of the rolly stick. Ones that have pokey things, one that don't, but... Yeah, which one do you prefer? The pokey one. The pokey one? Yeah. Um, again, it's kind of hard to use. I, it just feels like it digs in like better. Yeah. Um, like on the bottom of my feet or, yeah, the calves. That's the main one. Yeah. It just feels like it digs. Right. So maybe I would benefit from a scraper to just get in there more, but... Um, yeah, those are, I have those and a little foam roller. Ron throws his foam roller in his hockey bag, um, and he finds that really important after games. Yeah. So. I find anything portable is really, really yeah. beneficial, especially if you have it on the go. So I've got a foam roller that I take with me uh, for sports, and it's hollow on the inside, so I just pop a couple of lacrosse balls in there, and I carry a marshmallow stick. I don't like the, yeah. the pokey ones. I like the... It's called The Stick. We get our, right, original, we get ours at uh, Fitness Town uh, over with Arlen. And there's short ones uh, for travel, and we've got a long one here at the gym. That's my preferred method because it, I really feel like I can push in pretty hard, and yeah. it doesn't pinch my skin or get um, caught up on my pants and stuff. I like the hook that we have. Yeah, the Theracane. Yeah, yeah I the, find that because it's just so easy to use. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the Theracane for travel, so I have one in my truck that breaks down. You can get a portable one uh, and dig into your lats and your yeah. back and stuff and in those hard-to-reach places. Um, so I think they're, they're pretty the great. I think the key here, guys, was that it's it's what you're going to do Yeah, like is the most important. So I, we could list you guys a million things, but the most important thing is what are you actually going to do? Yeah. Um, if and, you're, if you're yeah. not going to use it, don't it's buy it. it's not effective. Yeah, yeah. It's... Oh, I heard that eggplant's delicious. Do you like eggplant? I yeah. Yeah. So like, eh. you'd be like, oh, eggplant's on sale. I should get it. And then you put it in your fridge, and it rots. Yeah. It's like, well, I thought eggplant was a great idea, but it turns out, eh. Yeah. So why why get only buy what you're going to use? Yeah. Um, and there are so many people out there, friends, family, gym members 
that have the equipment that you might want to try out yeah. before purchasing so that you can make a, an educated decision before you invest in it. Yeah. 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 I like that. Um, final question. When should I see a physio? <sighs> okay. This is a, an amazing question. Yeah. I personally think all the time. I think everybody should no see a physio. What. No matter what. Yeah. I think everybody should at least have an initial with a physiotherapist. I personally believe that uh, for a couple of reasons. A, I've got a great physiotherapist. B, everybody has a couple of imbalances and we could always feel a little bit better. So even if you don't have pain per se, it doesn't hurt to get yourself a physiotherapist and have a little check-in and see how you can maximize the way your body moves and catch anything before it becomes a problem. That being said, let's kind of dig deep here. When pain persists and if it interrupts your life in any way at all. Mm-hmm. So let's talk shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't really hurt when I'm just sitting here. It only hurts when I get my coffee cup out of the cupboard. Okay, well, how often do you get a coffee cup out of the cupboard? That would be every day. That would be every day. So yeah. every day you're like, oh, my shoulder. And then you bring your coffee cup down and carry on with your life. Yeah. And you forget about it. But that's interrupting your life every single day. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to feel better? Yeah. I, I mean, that's just sort of makes sense Great. to me. Yeah. Um, I like to think, or I, I would like for people to think about their bodies like a car. Um. You buy a car, spend a lot of money, and you get mechanical checkups. You're like, doesn't seem like anything's wrong with the car, but I need to go in, get a little check. They don't just do the oil change. They do their 21-point inspection or whatever the heck it is just to see what's going on. Yeah. And then if there's like, oh, you know what, your cabin filter, your cabin air filter, it's a little bit grungy. Do you want me to vacuum it off or do you want to replace it? And then you get to make that decision and you go, Ah, uh, you better replace it. It's going to be great, yada, 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 and you move on. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do that same thing with your body? That's a great point. You don't need to see a physiotherapist. I see mine weekly. You don't need to see yours weekly. It might be in every three months. This is the same for a naturopath or uh, a chiropractor. If you want to maximize the way your body feels, I think there are too many people out there that are dealing with discomfort not knowing that they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel so queasy and bloated when I eat lactose. Cheese, please. You don't need to feel queasy and bloated all the time. Stop eating lactose and you would be amazed at how good you feel. I'm not telling you to not eat lactose. Eat whatever you want. I personally feel that way, right? So that's me. Uh, yeah, calling Megan right now. I love it. Thanks, Tanya. Um, and then there's things like this. The nagging injury. Yeah. So, have you ever had a flat tire? Uh, one time, yeah. One time. So, can you tell me about the experience? <laughs> uh, I think I went through, like, a pothole or something. Yeah. And it, like, popped. Yeah. And... And then what did you do? Uh, I panicked. Okay, It had cool. never happened before. Right. Um, I guess I pulled over. Yeah. Realized what happened. I called the CAA. BC- yeah. BCAA. Sorry, BCAA. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they came and they put my little spare one on. Yeah, and away you went. Away went. Cool. And then I had to go get a tire. Right. Um, so I've got two experiences with flat tires. Uh, number one, I had a flat tire on prom night. Ooh. Wow. Right? Big deal. Um, 
me and a friend of mine, uh, Kelly. I hope you're doing well, Kelly, by the way. Um, <laughs> and our dates, we're off to the prom, and we get a flat tire in the van in my driveway. A, never in, driveway. in my driveway. But my driveway is a kilometer long, and I live <laughs> in the middle right. of nowhere, right? Yeah. Um, so, A, don't let your date drive. That was a bad idea on our part. Uh, Kelly and I changed the tire. But I'm going to change things, gentlemen. I was going to say, I should learn how to change the right? tire. Right. Um, and then we carried on with our date, and we put the spare on. However, on a different occasion, I ended up with two flat tires and on the same car, on the same side, and had to drive on the rims, right, just to get off the road. And here's the deal. The car works. I could have just carried on with my day, (laughs) having my two rims crunching along, and the car works. It's fine. No big deal. I feel like that's how some people are with their bodies. They're like, oh, I can't can't walk. This hip's just so bad. Yeah. And they just carry on with their day. Yeah. You wouldn't do that with your flipping car. You're like, <laughs> ah, flat tire. I can just drive a little crooked. The bumper's going to drag, and I have to go 23 kilometers an hour. I'll get to Abbotsford eventually. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. And your car is going to last how long? I've known you how long now? Four years? Something like that, yeah. Something like that, coming on five. And you've had at least two cars since I've known you. Yeah, I might be on my third, You might be, right? I tend to choose the beaters, but anyways. Right, but three cars in three years, you've had this body the whole time. (laughs) Put a little work into it, (laughs) right? Like, you work out and all that stuff. So if we get these niggling injuries, we need to keep up on it. We need to say, how can I maximize my potential? What is going to make me feel better? Maybe you feel great and you go in and you get an assessment and your physio is like, wow, you are a specimen. Carry on. And what's the harm in that? The same as going to your garage, you get your oil change, they do their 21 point inspection and they go, wow, your car's in great shape. Cabin filter looks amazing. Tire pressure is awesome. Yeah. And you drive out. Yeah. There's no point in walking around in pain. Like, I've personally been, like, lucky so far, but I know if I am in pain, you're just, you're not yourself. And I think you owe it to the people around you, your loved ones, to be the happiest version of you. And I think that involves getting rid of pain. Yeah, self-care. Pain management, self-care, yeah. Your body is the only thing that you will have forever. Yeah. It's your only guarantee from the day you're born until the day you die. So why wouldn't you invest in it? Yeah. That's my two cents, I suppose, as as we see it. Um, yeah. Wow, that was a good that was a good episode. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? No. I've got one thing you want to hear. Yeah. It? It's my little brother's birthday today. Aw. Yeah. What's your brother's name? Uh, Nick. Nick. Yeah. Happy so it's Nick's Nick. birthday today. Um, there's like a ninety nine point six percent chance he won't hear this, but <laughs> there's uh, about a hundred and twenty percent chance I'm gonna send it to my mom right after it's loaded up. So you never know. But um, boom, ching. Happy birthday, Nick. I hope you are doing well, and I am definitely thinking about you today. Um, mm. For anybody else out there, we are looking for podcast suggestions for next week. Um, so if you do have any, hit us up. And, and if there's anything you want us to elaborate on anything that we've yeah. already talked about, like if you want to know further more about ice baths or further more about gadgets or more nutrition stuff or something. Yeah, if you're like, wow, that was just the best thing ever. I loved it so much. Can you please elaborate on X, Y, and Z? We'll definitely get into that. Yeah. Um, and if there's anything you want to 
uh, know about that's outside the realm of CrossFit and fitness, yeah. we love to talk about stuff. So hit us up and we will take all of your suggestions to heart. Uh, hope you guys have a great day. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you later.